Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. It's time for revival to interrupt religion in regions in this nation where religion has been talking too much. Religion has been propagating its propaganda for too long. It's time for revival to rise up and interrupt. Rise up and interrupt religious dialogue, religious dogma, religious, come on, rhetoric that says you have to settle for less. I say rise up revival and interrupt in every region. Let there be voices of revival that will interrupt the dialogue of religion. I give you permission, all of you watching online, in your regions, in your territories, those who are represented in this building tonight, I give you permission. Better yet, Jesus gives us permission to rise up as revival voices. Voices that says there is more and I'm not gonna settle for what religion has been feeding me. I give you permission to be rude and interrupt religion in your region. I'm going to read these scriptures and then we're going to just see where to go tonight. Are y'all ready? But before I do, scream at your neighbor, rise up. Shout loud, interrupt. Then the Pharisees went and consulted and plotted together how they might entangle Jesus in his talk. Now we all know, I've been, in, I've been on uh, the the topic of religion and religious spirit for a couple weeks or so now have preached other messages into it for the sake of time tonight I'll see how I weave this in but the religious spirit is not mentioned by name in the Bible but its attitude and its atmosphere is seen throughout the Old and the New Testament this religious spirit and the spirit of religion, it drew the harshest words of rebuke and challenge from Jesus, specifically to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Are you with me? Let me just say this for those who have not been on the last two messages or maybe you've not watched online. But religion, because we kind of got this comment online. I'm in the little shticky, basically. Religion on the surface means who or what you worship. Yes, the word religion. In the Latin, it means a binding yourself to God. When religion is linked to worship of Jehovah God, Jesus Christ, and it is pure, it is very powerful. However, religion is also, in this definition, false religions. It is also defined as an organized system or protocol with an approved pattern of behavior. And if you do not have that behavior or demonstrate that protocol, then, then, you, then, then, you're, not, then you're wrong. And religion brings this heaviness and religion brings this fear with it. And this is where, and this appearance of pure, but it denies the power thereof. It will not give you access. 
There is a spirit, a demonic spirit that is being uncovered even more as I dive into this that wants us to lean towards the pseudo and be okay with it and just look like everything is okay, but yet deny access into the power, the dunamis, the reality of God's realm. Demons of religion rob us of the fullness of freedom to worship and pursue the more that God wants to pour out. I say, let's make religion mad. Possibly, I believe that this spirit is above every other, possibly. I'm saying that from my study over the last several weeks of this, possibly. Possibly every other principality, and I, I emphasize the word possibly, bows to this religious spirit because of the, the dynamic that it creates to keep us from revival. So here we have the Pharisees. That's my little short explanation. If you want to know more, go back and listen to the last two messages. And he's with the Pharisees, with religious spirits here. And they plotted together how they might entangle Jesus in his talk. Matthew twenty-two, twenty-two. interesting. When they heard what, that he, what he said, they were amazed and they marveled and they left him and departed. Hmm. Rise up, revival, and interrupt. In verse 23, it says the same day, because this religious spirit, you hear me, it's going to keep trying to come back. Pastors, you hear me. It's going to keep trying to come back. But just like you saw us fight through and over it, you got to fight through and over it to get to the more of revival. The same day, some Sadducees, religious spirit, who say there is no resurrection of the dead, came to Jesus and they asked him a question. Verse 29, Jesus replied, you're wrong. Rise up and interrupt. Because you know neither the scriptures nor do you know God's power. Rise up and interrupt. There's a lot of people in the body of Christ today to protect their, rep, their reputation, to protect their platform, to protect their followers. Are you with me right now? They're afraid to rise up and to interrupt because they don't want to lose this and they don't want to lose that. Jesus made himself of no reputation. Only thing that he wanted to please was his heavenly father. Do I have anybody that's hearing what I'm saying? It's time for revival to rise up and interrupt the dogma of religion that has taken over the Pentecostal church in this nation. Two more scriptures and then I'll let you be seated. Matthew 22, 34. And the Pharisees, now watch this. My God. When they heard that Jesus had silenced and muzzled the Sadducees, they gathered together because this spirit gathers together. And one of their number, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Now, while the Pharisees were still assembled there, obviously I'm skipping some verses here, Jesus asked them a question. Rise up and interrupt. 
And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone venture to dare ask him a question. Rise up and interrupt. Come on, put your hands together. We're gonna make religion mad tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Revival says more. Revival has faith to move in to the realms of glory. Give three or four people a high five. Thank you guys. And say, rise up and interrupt. Come on, scream it. Rise up and interrupt. I say tonight that it's time for a confrontation. I have felt strongly for some weeks now. And what I mean is that it's time for revival to rise up and interrupt religious dogma and relig religious, uh, 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 religious rhetoric that has kept the church, specifically the Pentecostal church, in suppression and oppression for too long. Confront the deficit of religion. Confront its fraudulent deception that blinds hearts to more of God and to the fullness of Jesus in their lives. It's time to rise up and interrupt and confront the emptiness and the shallowness that has captivated a generation, leaving them as robots to religious jargon that appeases their flesh and accommodates their carnal lifestyles. I say it's time to rise up and confront the hollow Sunday morning morning services across this nation. I need to say that again. I say it's time to rise up and confront the hollow, shallow Sunday morning services across this nation. Those services and those congregations that the spirit of religion has lied to and says this is all there is. And it has left a void of the Holy Ghost activity and the manifestations of the spirit. I say to revival on this Saturday night of doorkeepers of revival weekend it's time to rise up and interrupt with revival shout to your neighbor it's time for a confrontation it's time for revival interruption come on confrontation is not a bad word come on in the way that I am using it tonight. To confront something is to deal with it boldly and directly. And I'm amazed at all of the things in the body of Christ that we quote dance around and think nothing of it as long as we can keep our followers and keep peace and unity. But is it really unity, I ask us tonight? I think not. I do not advocate intentional dissension. I do not advocate unnecessary debate because that is what religion does but I do advocate revival provocation tonight a revival provocation do I have anybody that wants to make religion mad When a provocation is to call forth, to call something out, to stir and to induce. And that's what I came to do tonight because revival always says more, but religion says less. Revival says faith, but religion says fear. And I say tonight in this room, I have faith to believe that God has more for you and for me. 
What Jesus did was confront. I just read it to you. And there's many other scriptures. They wanted an argument, but Jesus wanted agreement. Come on. They were hostile, but Jesus was holy. They wanted to be right, but here they stand before the way and the truth and the life. There is no way that Jesus could be wrong, but religion cannot see this. So religion will debate. Somebody say yes. To confront is to deal with something boldly and directly. And to interrupt, it means, watch this now, to cause a break in the continuity of a course or a process or a condition. To cause to cease or to stop or discontinue with action or speech. And to interrupt means to break the flow of execution. You see, my friends, religion has a dialogue that calls for revival to rise up and to interrupt. And I want to say it again. I'm amazed even as we are being able to go around into our great nation and meet powerful pastors of powerful churches. And I'm amazed at how this spirit has made people, pastors and believers alike, bow to its agenda and bow to its lies. And it makes me mad tonight. It makes me mad that religion Religion has caused people to settle for less. So I came to rise up and interrupt the dialogue of religion. Pseudo must be confronted by the pure of revival. Come on. Religion and religious spirit will continue until it's challenged. Did you hear me? That religious spirit that is in gripping your region, that is gripping your life, your heart. Maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you've already complained about us. Maybe you're already complaining now. Maybe you're analyzing and debating why everything that I've already said is wrong. I say stay here. Don't leave because I came to interrupt religion in your heart. It'll continue till it's challenged by a pure force of revival. Come on. I say religion and religious spirit is a pseudo spirit. It must be confronted by the pure, pure force of pure revival. And ultimately, it must be confronted in order to stifle its influence. It was the primary resistance and opposition to Jesus and the apostles. And it is still the primary resistance and opposition to revival and revival glory and manifestation today. But I came to make religion mad because I'm Seeing how big, and not compared to our God, not compared to the power of the Holy Spirit, but I'm seeing how big this thing has made itself out to be in the minds and in the hearts of pastors and believers. And it's time for revival voices to begin to begin to herald, begin to call out, begin to scream out. You do not have to settle. If you're in a dead church, get out. Out of the dead church and find revival. Come on. Both Jesus and the Acts apostles in the church were an interruption to religion. Somebody shout yes. Come on. 
We see these in openings in that in the opening scriptures that I just read and many others. Jesus was a revival interruption. His presence, because his presence is revival. Once again, there's many definitions and many opinions, but what it boils down to is when the presence of Jesus breaks in in unprecedented measure. Come on, somebody, to where you can't explain it, you can't deny it. Come on, come on. There's people maybe in this room right now, or you're watching online or you will be and you're on there and you're saying I doubt they got baptized in the Holy Ghost well I doubt you know what you're talking about because when the presence of God comes in it rocks our world it changes our lives it alters the trajectory of our destinies and this my friends is revival and revival will not settle for just a few boring songs and a TED talk on a Sunday morning that snoozes you to sleep revival says I must have more It's time for revival to interrupt religion. Come on. Look at your neighbor and scream as loud as you can. Rise up, revival. Jesus' presence in his day invaded their dialogue. I just read it to you. Huh? he, He exposed and diffused the deception of dead, dry dogma that held people captive. Captive. It held them captive. It puts people in a prison. Are you with me tonight? The authentic presence of Jesus and the Holy Ghost and His power will interrupt and expose the deficit and the void of religion. It will make religion uncomfortable and when religion gets uncomfortable it gets mad so I came to make you uncomfortable tonight come on because I want to make the spirit of religion mad rise up and interrupt revival is the real presence of Jesus manifested and revealed in ways that he desires and when that happens revival interrupts the sound of religion and when this happens it breaks the empty momentum that religion creates empty momentum momentum are you with me Wave your hand if you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of empty momentum out in the church today. But when revival interrupts with a revival sound, how it brings a synergy and an energy of God's realm and a momentum that cannot be denied. They have to look and say, the hand of the Lord has done this. Revival must interrupt. Religious momentum is stifled with the increase of revival momentum. Watch where I'm going. It's time to shift the momentum in America. Come on. I say, one region at a time, let's do it. I don't think you heard me. I say one region at a time, let's shift it. 
I say one region at a time, let's shift it. I call out to you to America tonight, American church. I say, let's shift it. Let's rise up and interrupt America. Let's rise up and interrupt this religion and this, this empty momentum and this shallowness and this hollowness and this dogma that has talked us in to settling for less. Every time that we come together or in our personal lives, I say, rise up America, rise up revival, region by region by region, and let's shift it. Shift the momentum to revival. One man has said religious spirits sit in seats of authority that do not belong to them. Is that not true? This spirit has different faces for different places. Yes. I'll pause and let you say on that one a moment. It has different faces for different places. But there is one Holy Spirit, come on, that can annihilate every single manifestation of a religious spirit. There is a dunamis power that will break through the momentum of these faces in different places of this religious spirit. All you have to do is start calling out for the more of God because revival says more, but religion says less. And whatever face that it has in the region that you are in, just begin to pull on the power of the Holy Ghost and say, I will not stop crying out until God brings breaks in and shifts the momentum in my heart, in my church, in my city, in my region. I say shift, rise up and interrupt. As I said a moment ago, I personally believe that all other, if not most other demonic entities bow to this principality or this ruling spirit of religion. You stop and think about it because in the natural, that makes perfect sense even without spiritual discernment. A spirit of religion, watch, or a religious spirit occupies a place that entices people. It, it infiltrates. I talked about this a couple of weeks. It's like leaven, Jesus said. It's like leaven. It sneaks in. It's subtle. And then it blows up. Come on, somebody. It sneaks in. It, it, it infiltrates. And then it blows up so it can make everything around it become like it. Ah! Act like it, dress like it, talk like it, walk like it. Come on, somebody. It occupies a place that entices people away from Jesus, away from the more, away from revival, away from God, to worship anything else or anyone else. This is what religion does. So you can see how I'm saying that I believe probably, possibly, Every other entity, demonic entity, could bow to this religious spirit. Maybe even it is Satan himself. Come on, are you with me? Because he was the worship leader in heaven. He was surrounded by the glory and the presence of God. Go with me now. Come on. He was the worship leader in heaven, if you will. He was surrounded by the presence and the glory of God. He understands the pure. He understands the pure. He understands the pure better than most of the church or much of the church today. He understands the pure glory. He can't accept experience it anymore because he messed up and he got kicked out. So what the spirit of religion is trying to do is mess you up so you'll get kicked out of the glory. But I came to rise up and interrupt the dialogue that's, come on, 
just to make religion mad. So with its illegal authority, it works to deceive and divert and distract in order to spiritually oppress and oppose and suppress people and territories. And I sent a mouthful there. I'm actually, I'm saying a lot of mouthfuls here, but listen to me. Deceive, divert, and distract. What I just walked you through a moment ago that was happening in the midst of praise and worship that many of you may have been oblivious to, and that's fine. What I just walked you through is we have to learn to recognize the personalities and the manifestations of the religious spirit not just when it blows up in a big way but when it tries to come in in a subtle way and shut down what God is trying to do and where God is trying to take us and if you will allow because this is my passion because before I was a preacher I was a praise and worship leader and in a corporate setting you hear me now I'm telling you that coming to church is not old fashioned and meeting together to worship God is not becoming obsolete. I'm telling you more than ever before, revival needs to rise up and interrupt religion and say when we come together, we must experience all that heaven has and religion can't divert or distract me from that. Yes? Because it's illegal. It's illegal. It's sitting in a place of authority illegally. So as revivalists, we recognize it and we rise up and we interrupt. But see what religion has done is it's got us. Now we've never done this around here. At least I don't think so. Bound to a piece of paper. That says at 7.54. Y'all have been to the churches. You know what I'm talking about. And at 8.25. And we're going to this long and that long. Because religion says, if you stick to my script, are you with me? Then I can get you in and I can get you out. And you can be okay with your carnality. That was in my other message, but you hear what I'm saying? Religion says, just stick to my script, stick to my time thing. One of the things that annoys me the most, and it's not, and we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but if I'm watching, I've watched very few videos of, of people, but if I'm watching and I see a countdown clock, my God in heaven. It's the truth, y'all. I like what Pastor John Kilpatrick said. He said, I can't, what did they say? Like, like, like. I don't know, 10 minutes or so, he goes, I can't even unfold my hanky in that long. But religion says, and that's just an example there. Religion says, if you stick to my script, but I say revival interrupts and says there is no script in the Holy Ghost. How? We let him take over. And I'm not talking about unnecessary foolishness. I'm not talking about disarray and disorder. I'm talking about getting up underneath of the presence and the power of God and saying, Jesus, whatever you have for me, what 
settle for less. And this attitude and this atmosphere runs all throughout the Old and the New Testaments, all the way up, even to where we are in 2021. And it has one goal. It wants to taint or tame. Taint is to dishonor or discredit. And tame it is simply to domesticate, to make docile, submissive, tractable. Uh, they want to domesticate a Jesus. Come on. They, if, they, if, if it can discredit you, more than likely it can take you out. But if tainting doesn't work, then it will work feverish, feverishly to make a tame Jesus, to make you serve a domesticated, docile, submissive, tractable Jesus or religion. One that your flesh can handle and that your flesh can control. This is why so many like the timesheets today. Are you with me? My God, I don't know why I'm on that, but it's a good thing. Come on. I came to rise up and interrupt religion. Are you with me? It's something we can handle and something we can control. Anything that would counter that will make religion mad. But I came to say it is time for a synergy of revival to sweep across this nation and rise up to make religion mad and to interrupt the dogma and the dialogue that has fed the lie to thousands and thousands and tens and hundreds of thousands of believers that says this is all there is. I say as a revival voice, there is more. Come on. As I was writing this message, I say, Lord, saturate the regions with anointing. Flies can't stick to anointing. Come on, y'all. Yes. And over the last couple of months or so, and some of them are in the room with us tonight, um, we've had some travels to different churches. Would you welcome back our people from Texas right here from the, the Golden Triangle? Is that what it is? Y'all stand up and wave at everybody. Come on. We got, yeah. Stay standing. Stay standing a minute. So we've got actually two pastors here of two different churches, correct? All right, if I start trying to call names of everything, I'll mess it up. But get, just, just come on, this makes the devil mad. Come on, somebody. When we come together, are you with, and there may be others in the room, and we got, we got a whole group of women here. Come on, ladies, rise up. Come on, rise up and interrupt. These are intercessors. We got a pastor's wife, a pastor, and they're intercessors. Come on, y'all. Come on. Y'all can sit down. And I was thinking, about that constant feedback that we've been getting concerning the move of God in churches, how the spirit of religion, they were saying, it's not just these, but it's, it's others. The spirit of religion has this region bound. And I'm thinking in my mind, not in a, in a facetious way, I'm just thinking, no doubt, no doubt it does. We fight the spirit of religion when we are moving forward in revival. Are you with me? But let me tell you what I'm excited about and blessed to see. Now watch this. As, as I and my husband have traveled either together or, my, or me by myself the last uh, few, several weeks, we have traveled to Whittier, California. We have traveled to Riverside, California. We have traveled to Little Rock, Arkansas. We have traveled to Vider, Texas. And then last night, now we haven't been to Columbus yet. We're supposed to go later. Columbus, Indiana was with us. Are you what? God is gathering. God is gathering. Let me tell you what we saw. 
Let me tell you what we saw and what we have heard. Last night, we saw on the screen, the pastors that were with us, his congregation, y'all was three hours later there. Come on, we need to applaud them for being up that late. Come on. But they had other pastors and leaders that were in, in that meeting last night. I'm, I'm doing this on purpose so you, you'll get a better grip of where I'm going in just a moment. They had other pastors and leaders of other churches and other cities in that region, in that congregation last night. That makes the devil mad. It makes the devil mad for two reasons. Number one, because of unity. Come on. And number two, because they're all in unity about wanting revival. Come on. As we traveled to Vider, Texas, the Beaumont area, these two pastors and their people and others, probably 15, 20 other pastors and leaders that came to those two meetings that we were in, in that southeastern part, the Golden Triangle, they call it, of, of, of Texas down there, are uniting together. We, we, we had the privilege to speak to them. I'm telling you this for a reason because I felt like the Holy Spirit said, talk about the synergy of regional revival. Talk about the synergy of regional revival and we see them coming together. Our pastor here and with Pastor Duane in Little Rock and others that came to join when I was there a few months ago and, and, and same thing in Whittier, uh, California and in Riverside, California. They're coming together for one purpose because they want more of God and they want to see revival in their churches and in their congregations. So this is what I got to say about all of that because I believe the Lord is showing us that He is gathering a synergy of regional revival to body bully the spirit of religion right out of the regions in this nation. I said body bully. I said body bully. I'll explain it. God is gathering a synergy of regional revival to body bully the spirit of religion right out of regions. Revival destroys the empty religious reputation in regions. And we are the body of Christ. Come on. Not the body of the assemblies of God. Are you with me? Not the body of the church of God. Are you with me? Not the body of the church of God in Christ, are you with me? Or the Baptist or, or the Methodist. They're all fine and good, et cetera, et cetera. But together we are the body of Christ. And God says, I am gathering a synergy of regional revivals, pastor, so that my body can bully the spirit of religion. When you bully something, you intimidate it. It's time to intimidate the religious spirit because that spirit wants to intimidate you. It's time to get free from the spirit of man and have more of the fear of the Lord up on the inside of us. We are the physical and the spiritual extension and representation of the anointed one. We are the body of, say it, Christ. Look at your neighbor, say, we're the body of Christ. 
And Christ, as we know, is the anointed one. That's why I said that God wants to saturate regions with the anointing because flies can't stick to the anointing. Flies can't move around in the anointing. They get mired down because the anointing won't let them manipulate. And the anointing won't let them, come on, move in freely. The anointing says, not on my watch. Not in my territory, not in my city, not in my nation. We are the body of Christ, the anointed one. I said the anointed one. And if anyone can bully, intimidate, and interrupt religion, it is the body of Christ. It is the body of the anointed one. Because religion hates anointing. Hmm. Because it intimidates religion. Because religion cannot be anointed. Oh, that deserved a louder amen. If you walk up in somewhere and you're like, where's the oil? Come on, somebody. Where's the oil? They're saying good words, but where's the oil? They're even reading scripture, but where's the oil? See, because the anointing comes upon us. Come on but it cannot come upon religion. The anointing, the Holy Spirit anointing is recognizable. The Holy Spirit anointing is identifiable. And so if you don't feel it, if you don't sense it, if you don't see it, come on, come on, you better run. I said, you better run. Because the Bible tells us that it is this anointing is going to be needed to break yokes and barriers and bondages off of territories and regions. And within the regions contain souls. And the souls, come on, are merely submitting and coming into agreement with what that principality of religion is dictating over that area. So there has to be a revival voice that rises up to interrupt and says, no, 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 no. You got to listen because I am part of the body of the anointed one. And I move in with an anointed interruption. Come on. I'm not out of Ohay. I'm not talking about an annoying interruption. I'm talking about an anointed interruption. And when you walk in with that anointing, it represents his spirit and his spirit represents his power and religion has no power. Therefore, it hates your anointing. I say, get ready for the person I say, get ready for the lashback. I say, get ready for it. That doesn't sound exciting. But if you want revival, you better learn how to stand up and intimidate that spirit with a body bully anointing. Come on, shout. Because the anointing activates the presence of God, which releases the power of God, which results in revival, which produces transformation. Are you with me? And remember, as I said this Sunday here at this church, transformation is the wrecking ball to religion. It has no answer to transformation. Are you with me? It has no answer to a transformed life. All religion can say, and this is Bible, is there once was on drugs and now they're not on drugs. They once was doing this and now they're not doing this. They once were sick, but now they're not sick anymore because transformation is a wrecking ball. Are you with me? To religion. And the anointing produces the power of God, which produces transformation, which will totally wreck the reputation of religion. Shout if you know what I'm talking about. 
You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The anointing produces the supernatural and religion can never produce the supernatural. So what religion does is it produces a ramped up natural. That was really good. That was really good. Let's just ramp it up a little bit. Just ramp it up. Gonna ramp it up and then we're gonna, we're gonna deceive people to make them accept that that is revival and supernatural. Come on, it's time to leave the substitutes for the substance. We've got to get back to the substance of the oil, substance of the anointing, substance of the presence of God. This is how it affected the religious in the book of Acts. Acts chapter two, verse 12. They all stood there, dumbfounded and astonished. Come on, somebody. And they said to one another, what is this phenomenon? I say it's revival. May we leave this place, fresh start. May you leave your churches. May you go back to where you're from. And may you leave that place, come on, every time, saying, what in the world is this phenomenon? May we have people filling our churches across, uh, Pentecostal churches across this nation, leaving, not yawning, come on, not looking at their watch, come on, hey, saying, when can I get to the chicken place? When can I get to the taco place? But you are so caught up in the anointing and the of the presence and the power of God that you lose track of what time it is. And there ain't no time sheet that's going to lie to you. You say, I'm here until God does what he needs to do. Just to make religion mad. It's a body bully. We are the anointed ones. Come on. May they leave our churches saying, what in the world? It is nothing in the world. It is everything of his realm. As I read through the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And because of this, I see that they operated in this anointing, this phenomenal anointing, uncommon, not, not, not seen before, that released the presence and the power of God. And the result was a revival broke out wherever the anointing was released. And they continually saw transformed lives. And the Bible says that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And the Bible also tells us that regions bowed under the weight of the word of God. Regions bowed under the weight of the presence of God. Regions bowed under the weight of revival. Can I tell us, body of Christ, the anointed one, the anointing marks us with his authority, his ability, his power, the weight of glory. And this is what Jesus walked in. And this is what we can walk in. The anointing separates the good from the glory. And I'm telling you in this room, those of you watching online, pastors that are with us tonight, a city cannot ignore the anointing that comes upon you and upon your congregation. They may mock it. They may make fun of it. They may, they may, they may refuse it, but they cannot ignore the anointing. But I'm here to tell us in 2021 that the church is not looking for more programs and more systems to entertain them. The church is looking for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Come on. And so are the sinners, my friend. It makes the difference between the fake and the fire, the pure and the pseudo. I ask us tonight, where is the oil in the American church? Come on. Religion hates the anointing because it reveals the deficit. 
The anointing obliterates demonic power, so this religious spirit hates it. This is why there are, are demon spirits. I'm quoting now from someone else. This is why demon spirits that have an assignment against the anointing, they want to quench the fresh flow of heaven in people and services and ministries. They want to stifle, bind, and create dead, dry religious atmospheres that pose no threat to the kingdom of darkness. They launch strategic attacks against people of revival and anointed places. They do not strike randomly, but intentionally. These demons are anti-anointing spirits, religious spirits. They fight to hinder the flow of life and power in the realm of glory, end quote. Come on, somebody. I say rise up and let's body bully this thing. Come on. Let's body bully this thing. The anointed ones coming against this thing that is trying to stifle. Yes? When we begin to walk in new levels of anointing, life and power and glory, these spirits launch an attack to stop that, to, to stifle that. And now you understand a little bit better why we pushed like we pushed tonight. That's not the first time. We may have to come in here to do it tomorrow. Fresh start, don't you dare walk in here with slumber on you. Don't you dare walk in here without your praise on. Don't you even think about coming if you're gonna have an attitude. You hear what I'm saying? I'm not just about filling this place up with dead right people if you want more than you come but if you come to mock me if you come to make fun of them just stay home and watch your tv but in this house we will fight for the more because revival says there is more shout jesus got mad at that spirit i can get mad at that spirit it works to destroy the anointing because the anointing brings the power, which brings the transformation. Jesus Christ, the anointed one. The anointing was the primary thing that made the difference in the ministry of Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord, says in Luke 4, is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, eyes open for the blind. Acts 10, 38, Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and great power. He did wonderful things for others and divinely healed all who were under the tyranny of the devil for God had anointed him Watch what I'm about to do. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 and 27, it says in the Passion Translation that we have all become true children of God by the faith of Jesus the Anointed One. It was faith that immersed you into Jesus the Anointed One. And now, now, now you are covered and clothed with His anointing. You are covered and clothed with His anointing. So I say rise up and interrupt and body bully this thing out of the regions in this nation. It's an antichrist spirit. Come on. It's time to smear regions with the anointing. Come on. It's an antichrist spirit. Everything it represents wants to block the more of revival, the more of the Holy Spirit. But we, have an, we must exercise our anointing to interrupt the anti-anointing spirit that rebels against revival over regions. Let me read this quote. The anointing activates spiritual authority that confronts anything that hinders the kingdom of God from advancing. Did you get that? The anointing activates a spiritual authority that confronts anything 
anything that hinders the kingdom from advancing. Oh, we need some spiritual authority activated in the church, in the nation today. And it is the anointing that activates that authority that confronts those ugly spirits of religion and says, no, 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 no. Not in this church, not in my life, and not in this city or in this region or this nation. I stand in the authority of Jesus Christ, the anointed one. And I will not receive, I will not receive your rhetoric that tells me I have to back off and sit down and settle for less. I stand up as a revival voice to interrupt with the anointing of Jesus Christ and push for the more. Come on. A synergy of regional revival. Yes? Hallelujah. Because all religion wants to do is protect the status quo. Did you get that? It just wants to protect the status quo. Just, you know, just do it now. Okay, I'm going to hit something here. Are you ready? Because religion produces a very active church. Revival produces an anointed church. In six, almost six years of sustained revival, <clears throat> in learning how to pastor and host the revival, we have gotten a very low tolerance for unnecessary, unproductive activity. Come on. Activity has become the nemesis to apostolic revival. Did you hear me? Activity has become the nemesis to apostolic revival. Because motivated by activity and not by anointing creates an atmosphere of carnal pursuit as opposed to spiritual pursuit. To be seen doing something equates to spiritual maturity to a lot of people. Come on, you can be consumed with religious activity and not be consumed by Him at all. The Bible says, or Jesus said, they honor me with their lips, but their heart are far from, is far from me. Revival steps in and interrupts religious activity, religious activity, and builds everything around the move of God. If there's one thing that we get asked on a regular basis about sustained revival in the context of a local church is how to make this happen on a sustained basis and continue to build a local church. And here's your answer. Build everything around the move of God. Build everything around the move of God. What good is that unnecessary activity doing except wearing you out and not leaving any spiritual substance to the people that attend? Get it off your calendar and get the same people into the prayer room and God will break in with revival. Come on. It's how they did it in the book of Acts. Where they had small groups, Pastor Kim. Oh, my Lord. They were, they were revival groups. They were revival in the home. They had, they had really no other choice but to meet in their homes. Are you with me? Did you hear what I just said? They really had no other choice but to meet in their homes from what I can see. And so what they did was they took revival to their homes. Come on. Come on. 
It wasn't just come, we're going to have some donuts and some tacos tonight. And we're going to bore you with this Christian video. I know I used to have to do small groups around here. Come on. That is not what it's about. Build it around the move of God. Build it around the presence of God. Build it around the supernatural synergy that comes from the upper room. How? What you need to do is clear everything off your calendar, pastors. Not just in the room, but everybody. Clear everything off your calendars and say, you know what? For every meeting that we have had scheduled, for every event and activity and ladies' tea that we have had scheduled, you can tell I'm not a fan of ladies' tees. For every event, here's what we're going to do, people. For those events that we had on the calendar, we're going to come together and pray. And instead of drinking tea together, we're going to pray together. And come on. Instead of getting together and watching a boring movie, we're going to pray. And when we pray, God shows up in revival anointing that shakes a city and a region. Come on. Just to make religion mad. Shout in this place. Many people can't let go of their activity because they've equated that to their spiritual maturity and their self-worth. And all the while, regions are bowing under the weight of religious rhetoric. And we just have our little teas. Now look, if you have a tea, that's fine. Hear me now. It is really seriously not my thing, but I'm saying if it's got the right substance in it, you can still call it that, right? I mean, I don't want to be antagonistic against the things that could still have substance to it. But the majority of the things have no substance to them. And they're just doing it because it's always been done that way. Come on. Come on, Assembly of God people. Come on, denominational people. I grew up in it. Come on. It's just what we do. It's just what we do. We just have this once a year. So we go calendar planning. Well, we did this last year, so we're going to do this again. How about we wipe the slate clean? And we say, Jesus, we need you to show up this year so we're gonna pray until the anointing comes that brings the power that results in transformation my god just to make religion mad i say rise up and interrupt that religious rhetoric that religious schedule i should probably move on now But let me tell you this, Golden Triangle, Little Rock area, California people, L.A., both of those areas I mentioned in L.A., come on, L.A., erupt with revival in Jesus' name. As these regional revivals arise, one can chase a thousand. Come on. Two, ten thousand, et cetera, et cetera. The more that come out of agreement with the ruling spirit of religion, the greater damage that is done to the reputation of religion. It's time for an interruption. I say it's time for a confrontation. Look at your neighbor and scream as loud as you can. Go for it. Come on. 
Say it again. Say, go for it. If there's never a voice, if there's never a place that begins to show up religion, you follow what I'm saying? Then they will never see the deficit. They'll never see the deficit of what they've been putting up with. If some voice, if something doesn't rise up to body bully that spirit, remember, don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It is a spirit, a principality, better yet. But if there's nothing that will rise up to show the status quo and the deficit that it brings, then it will remain intact. But when there are regional synergy, regional voices, if you will, that can come together and chase a thousand and chase 10,000 and thousands and thousands and thousands, and you're coming out of agreement saying that spirit has been telling me that I have to settle and that I have to back off and that I have to just have status quo. I come out of agreement with that, uh, with that dialogue and I say, I'm going to call for the more. I'm going to call for revival. Come on. They will not be able, as it was with Stephen, they will, that spirit and whatever it operates through will not be able to resist the voice that speaks up and says, I will contend for more because your voice will be laced with the wisdom and the grace and the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit realm. And religion must always bow to the greater power and the greater force. I say, rise up and interrupt. Yes? Let me do a couple more things. Can you take a couple more things? Man, I feel that synergy of regional revival. It blessed our heart. My husband and I blessed our heart. And it wasn't just one place. It was all those places I mentioned. There were many that were coming together joining together because they were tired of religious rhetoric and they wanted more. Huh, Pastor John? I'm telling you. It's time to rise up and interrupt. You know why? Because revival is our inheritance. Come on. Acts 2.39, for the promise of the Holy Spirit is to and for you and all that the Holy Spirit brings is to and for you and your children and for all who are far away. Look at your neighbor say, that's you, that's me. Come on. Even as for as many as the Lord God invites and bids to come to himself. I'm almost done tonight. And we're going to have altars before we leave here. But watch this. Revival is our inheritance. It's our legacy. Religion is an illegitimate child trying to make claim on something that is not rightfully theirs. Come on. In that, this scenario that I'm giving you right now, the inheritance by the illegitimate religion is not reverenced. It's only coveted. It isn't appreciated. It only carries a sense of entitlement. As I was standing in here at the beginning of, of before y'all came in and the intercessors were in here and I was over in the corner and, and Stacy, who is the leader of the, of the pre-service prayer team, she gets up after they had finished praying and one of the first things she says, she said, I don't know if you walked in with it or there's going to be some people. Can I quote? you because I'm already doing it. Hallelujah. We're family. She's my niece. She said, I don't know if you walked in. Now she's talking to the prayer team, y'all. Come on. She said, I don't know if you walked in with it or there's somebody getting ready to walk in with it, but I feel like we need to come against a spirit of entitlement right now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because revival is our inheritance. But if you're up in religion, you just think you'll feel entitled to something. I'm telling you, you are illegitimate making claim on something that is not lawfully yours. That is the spirit of religion. Religion has no hope of fullness so it wants to steal your fullness come on 
And I'll say it again like I did a few moments ago. Satan messed up and he missed out on his. So he wants to make you mess up so you can miss out on your inheritance. Come on. And since the garden, it's been the same game. Are you with me? Since the Garden of Eden, Eden, it's been the same game. He wants to entice, to accept a substitute through deception to our flesh and our ego and our feelings, making us doubt, making us give in to fear and failure or missing out on something. He wants to come in with selfish ambition. It is a perverted, distorted presentation, religion is, that entices us and skews our perception. And the end game is that he causes us to settle for less than God's best and we give away our inheritance in 2013 here at Fresh Start Church up in Prescott, Arizona. We met together with about 50 to 70 people and some of them are not even here anymore for whatever reason but we came together and my husband and I said this day we're going to fight for what we're mantled to be. This day we're going to fight for our inheritance. This day we're going to fight for revival. What are we mantled for body of Christ? We're mantled for more. We're mantled for revival. And you need to start fighting for what God has done for you and given to you. Come on. If you give God a declaration, he will work with that declaration. He will honor it. Come on. So I ask you today, what have you given away at the expense of revival? Revival is your inheritance. Religion will call you to sell out and settle for less. Sell out and settle for less. And I'll say it again, if I can echo one phrase to everyone that is disgruntled with religion, don't settle. I said, don't settle. Run from religion and run to revival. Rise up and interrupt religion. Rise up and interrupt religion. Come on. I'm almost done tonight. Uh, hallelujah. Your religion will sit back and say, well, that's just out of order. They did not do everything right tonight. That wasn't how that was supposed to go tonight. In the mind of the twisted religious spirit, that wasn't how things were supposed to go. Religion will cause you to believe that revival is inappropriate and out of order. Because religion has redefined order. And it no longer looks like God's order. I'm almost done. Let me tell you what God's order looks like. Are you ready? God's order in the more and revival looks like drunk men and women with fire on their heads. And when I say drunk, for those of you who are new to the Lord, this is not with alcohol. This is with the Holy Ghost, the new one. Let me tell you what God's order is. It is praying until rooms shook and houses shook with the presence of God. Let me tell you what God's order is. It is turning regions upside down with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So much so that they said, oh my goodness, here comes those men who have turned the world upside down and now they're coming into our town. Let me tell you what God's order is. His order is speaking in other tongues as the spirit gives utterance. His order is amazing the people of the city and those around who discern their own language as they were speaking in tongues and interpreted it in their own language as the 
praises of God. Let me tell you what God's order is. It is that the lame walk and the dead are raised. It is that the demons are cast out. God's order is that sermons are preached without reservation of speaking truth about Jesus and his death and his resurrection. Do you want to know what God's order is? God's order is killing a man and a woman because they lied to the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? This is God's order. His Holy Spirit is to be revered and to be respected. Let me tell you what God's order is. God's order is prison doors opened by angels because there was somebody praying for somebody to get broken out of prison. God's order is entire territories bowing under the weight of the gospel message. You want more? God's order is heathens receiving Jesus and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God's order is exponential growth in the church. Demons being identified and cast out. God's order is racism being annihilated. God's order, come on. You read your New Testament. You read the book of Acts. You read what God said to Peter. It is about racism being annihilated. That's God's order. It is the uttermost parts of the world being touched and changed by the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost and the gospel of Jesus Christ. That, my friends, is normal. But we become satisfied with our events and our little programs. Getting our calendars all planned out. Our little gatherings. I don't want to demean anything. Look, but I'm a provoker. Come on, y'all. Provocation has been lost in the body of Christ. Provoke you. Stop settling for that. And religion has called that normal. But everything that I just gave you that came straight from the word of God calls your religion abnormal. I say it's time to rise up and interrupt. Come on. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to land the plane. Are y'all ready? Be rude to religion. I was thinking about this, and it's like, you said, Pastor Kim, that's pretty strong. Be rude to religion. Is it really, is that really rude? We're afraid to be rude to religion, but we're rude to the Holy Spirit. By taking him out of our church services. No, 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 don't pray for anybody to be baptized in the Holy Ghost here. See, what we did just several moments ago with this gentleman, this gentleman, and the young man, wherever he's at, and whoever else got baptized, all of us, in many churches today, that is not allowed. I said it's time to rise up and interrupt. In many churches, and I'm not talking about Baptist or Methodist, I'm talking about Pentecostal churches, it is not allowed. I'm telling you, that is not normal. We're rude to him by taking him out. Out of our lives, out of our service atmospheres. Out of the context of our Pentecostal doctrines. Still in there just to say so we can stay in. But only in, in, the, in the verbiage, not in experience. But yet, 
we tiptoe around and we tolerate religion and allow it to dominate instead of allowing him to dominate. And as I was writing this out, I said, could that be the toleration of Jezebel? That Revelation speaks about? And yet we're worried about being rude to religion? The Holy Spirit will not manifest where he is not welcome. So stop trying to make things up to make people believe that he's there. Hallelujah. Rise up and interrupt. So I'll close with this. Worship team, come. That makes everybody feel good when you say that. I'm not going to read all this scripture. I have, they have it on the screen. But, but in Acts chapter 9, we see what I call a collision with revival. Get ready to come to the altars. And for those of you who are not Fresh Start Church attendees, uh, altar call is not a dismissal. For those of you who have already gathered your purses and you've already gathered your belongings and you're getting ready to walk out, this is not a dismissal. I need everybody except the worship team to sit down. You know what I'm saying? There was a collision with revival on the road to Damascus. And Saul, who persecuted the church, Saul was religion. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. And he, he was murderous. This spirit is murderous. It is threatening, intimidating. That's why I say God is getting regional synergy to body bully this spirit because the momentum of this religiosity has to be, has to be broken, broken. The momentum has to be broken. And the way that it is broken is when revival rises up and interrupts it. And that's what happened to Saul. Saul's on the road to Damascus. He's got a couple of dudes with him, I guess. And all of a sudden, a bright light comes and knocks him down. And it's Jesus and Jesus is revival. And Jesus, I mean, this, he, was going, he was going to go put people in chains, the Bible said. Now, I'm ta- you, paralleling this with, with, in the spiritual, what this religious spirit does, it makes you think that you're free. It makes you think, because remember, it, it is an appearance of something. It has a form. It, it's not that it doesn't have a form. It has a form of the pure, but it denies access, denies access into the power, denies access into the anointing. And then it'll keep you busy doing all kinds of silly stuff. Are you with me? And so this is Saul. And he was the top of the top of these of these people. His religious spirit. It was murdering, it was killing, he was putting them, the Bible says, in chains. And he and so so Jesus meets him on the road to Damascus and a light from heaven flashed and Saul fell to the ground. And he heard a voice, and this is what Jesus said. Why are you harassing me? Why are you troubling, and why are you molesting me? Amplified version. It's what Jesus said to Saul. Why are you troubling, molesting, and harassing me? And Saul said, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is dangerous, Saul. 
and it will turn out badly for you to keep kicking against the goad or to offer vain and perilous resistance. Watch this now. Religion offers resistance as soon as revival starts moving forward. This is why I teach people you've got to learn which threshold you're coming up upon. Because the moment you're coming up upon a threshold in revival, that religion is going to, whatever face it has, is going to pop its head up. Come on. Come on. To try to keep you, revival, from pressing into the more. Because religion always says settle for less, but revival says no, there's more. And then Saul got up from the ground. So, so he was trembling. And, then the, and the dudes that were with him were scared too. They heard a voice, but they didn't see anybody. He got up from the ground, but he couldn't see. His eyes were open, the Bible says, but he couldn't see. So they led him by the hand to Damascus. Couldn't see for three days. The Lord gave a vision to a man named Ananias. And he told Ananias, I'm paraphrasing. He said, you need to go to Saul. And you need to, to, to pray for him that he can regain his sight. And just like you and I would do, Ananias did. Lord, do you know who this dude is? And how much evil and great suffering he has brought to your saints, to revival in Jerusalem. He's here and has authority from the high priest, religion, to put chains on all who call on your name, religion. A few verses down, Ananias is obedient to the Lord. Halaboshim. Revival walks right up in to the midst of religion and says, Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you, has sent me to recover your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Rise up and interrupt. And instantly, something like scales fell from his eyes. And he recovered his sight and he arose and he was baptized. And the rest of the scripture says he began to teach Jesus as Messiah and the Son of God. Are you with me in the room? Hang on. Scales of religion fell off of his eyes. A scale is something that covers and impedes vision. It's layers. Scales are layers. And I want to tell you that religion has layers. It's different faces with one goal to keep you from seeing the path to more of revival. And the more you stay in agreement with religion, the more layers that attach themselves to you. Are you with me? Come on. We were talking about this in our staff meeting, and, 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 and Sam said something that I thought was extremely interesting, that revival, uh, excuse me, that religion is like the gateway drug of marijuana. And I don't know about it personally, but is what he said was marijuana is like a gateway drug that once you're exposed to it, you have to have stronger. Is that correct? You have to have stronger. You have to get more. Religion is like that. The more you yield to it, the tighter grip that it has on you the more a region is 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 under the the sway of that drug of religion more scales more scales more scales but i say that there is revival glory come on stand on your feet right now there is revival glory and revival voices that are rising up in regions across this nation that is calling on the light of the glory of god thank you for listening in to the fresh start church podcast where we exists to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. 
and you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.